what if Groundhog Day was a real thing? And you had to live the same day over and over and over again for the rest of your life. Who feels like that would be a good thing? No? Can anyone picture a, a good day? They would have loved to live over and over and over again, maybe? No, 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 no yeses. Or what if you could only eat one colour food for the rest of your life? Who would choose beige? There's some good beige foods, guys. Red, you would choose red. Strawberries? Yep. I can't think of any other red foods off the top of my head. Chili, capsicum, there we go. Tomatoes, terrible. Okay. All right, I'm a bit of a daydreamer and I like to sometimes let my imagination run a little bit wild. And so it can wander quite often to what if scenarios. Now, what if scenarios, I can sometimes deliberately go there because I want to think about, you know, what, what if I had to eat the same colour food for the rest of my life? How would I feel about that? What would that look like? But sometimes they're not deliberate and I find myself going off and down a rabbit hole that maybe isn't as positive as it could be as I ask myself what ifs. So we're going to cover the positive side of that in a minute, but let me give you an example of the negative of what that can sometimes look like. So I feel a bit embarrassed to tell you this, but you love me, it's okay. So, like, if I have a headache that might last for a little bit longer than normal, I will immediately, not immediately, it takes me a little while, but I'll go to the what-if scenario, well, what if I've got a brain tumour? It's not a tumour. That's what I have to say in Arnold Schwarzenegger voice or it doesn't work. It's not a tumour. Um, but I go down that, that track, oh, well, and then what's going to happen? What's going to happen to my kids? Sorry, Charlotte. What's going to happen to my kids? How will Ben... Ben won't know how to get into any of the financial stuff. What is going to happen there? And so I go down this ridiculous avenue of what if this happens to something that's really not ever going to probably eventuate. Um, but so sometimes they can feel a bit doom and gloomy. That's the negative side. And yes, it's embarrassing, but that's what happens. Who else in this room, and you have to be honest, God's watching. <laughs> Who else in this room thinks when they're in the ocean, if a shark comes up to me, I'm going to punch it in the nose. Thank you. One, two, two. Yes, there's a few. There's a few of you. Who thinks they're actually going to be able to punch it in the nose? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to punch that great white shark. It's so funny if I think about it now. And I'm going to cry because it's so funny. Um, the doctor said to me the other day, oh, you're crying. That's a, it's not bad news. I'm like, no, no, I just am laughing at the thought of what if. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're so weird. Anyway, um, and so, yeah, I'm going to punch it in the nose and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to swim like I've never swum before, guys, and I'm going to rescue every person in the beach at the same time. It's like I'm going to gather them under my wings and, like, push them all into shore. That's what's going to happen. Yep. Um, last week, I was thinking, we watched a movie and I was thinking about what if Ben... This is my husband, Ben Downey. He's just embarrassed already. What if Ben was a covert spy? <laughs> and he had been for the last 20 years. <laughs> and he had to... The only, <laughs> the only reason I found out was because somebody was after him. And we had to, like, uproot our whole life and move overseas. Never, never to be seen again. 
Oh my goodness. So funny. Anybody else do this? Oh, thank you, Scylla. Scylla's in my corner. Honestly, so, so funny. I can tell you so many more, but I have plenty. And if you want to know more, I thought it would be a really good moneymaker, actually. But somebody else has already come up with a game called What If? And it's like a real thing, and they do exactly what I've just done. Anyway. And I also found on the internet, internet's a great source for some things, not all things, um, but I also found some funny team building questions. So here's some questions you can ask your teammates about what if. What if every time you tried to use your smartphone, it took an unflattering selfie and sent it to all your contacts? (laughs) How'd you feel about that? And what if you could only communicate, I would like this one, what if you could only communicate by breaking into song? Yes, yes. Yep, I would love that. Um, What if food could talk? That's a bit scary. Wait, not me, not me. The other one's tastier. Go for that one. Yeah, that would be scary. Or what if a dramatic, this one I think is really funny. What if a dramatic voice followed you around narrating your life? And then she went to the bathroom. (laughs) That could be really bad. Um, The list goes on and some of them can be a little bit deeper, like what if you could relive any memory? It's a fun game. You should definitely try it. And my challenge for you today is to ask someone a what if question. Maybe you could do it around the dinner table. Maybe you could do it at lunch, whatever it might be. Ask a what if question can be funny or deep. There you go. That's my challenge to you. Now, I'm sure that we've all had moments in our lives where we have gone to that place, that what if this will happen and we've let our imagination run wild. I know I'm not the only one. And, um, but there can also be a really positive side to asking what if questions. So sometimes when it comes to looking at our lives or having a desire to see something we want to change or be transformed, asking a what if question can actually be really beneficial. Um, sometimes it might be because we've had a conviction of the Holy Spirit to change something and we're like, well, what if we actually did do that? What would that look like for us at the end? Um, but, and we might need to shift a pattern of thought or a behaviour, but it doesn't happen just by thinking about it or staying in that imagination space. It actually requires us to do something about it, to act on it. But a what-if question can kickstart us into doing something about that particular thing in our lives. So, for instance, a question might be, what if I started thinking about myself the way that God thinks about me? It's a really good question. And if we think about what that might look like in even a month's time, even a day's time, like, that would be a really good thing for us to be thinking about. Because the good thing about a what-if question is it does make us think about the end result because you've got to get there. Well, what if? Well, all of these things would happen and that's going to be the end result. And so in order to play my game of what if, which sometimes is not great, but what if requires me to see what it would be like if that thing actually happened. Yeah? Are we following? So if I ask myself a simple question like, what if I went for a walk every single day for a year? Okay. Well, I would probably get fitter. My dog would be really, really happy because he loves walks. 
Um, my, I'd be giving a good example to my kids about getting up and exercising every day. Um, I'd probably pray a lot more because I tend to pray while I walk. So there's lots of really good things that would benefit me if I decided to walk every day. We'll see. Last year I wasn't too bad, actually. But there would be a, I get a picture of what the resulting change is going to be. So maybe for our teenagers, who's just got their first job? Anybody? A couple of you. I don't see any hands, but I know there's a few people along this road. A row. Charlotte, hands should be up. Um, <laughs> if anyone's at Dull Boys, please feel free to go and say hi. <laughs> Love you. Um, so maybe for our teenagers with their first job, what if you put away 50% of your wage every time you got it, what would that look like for you in 12 months' time? Or five years' time? And the idea of what that, Max is laughing, he'd be able to buy some crazy game or I don't know. I'm gonna ask you what you were laughing about later, Max. I can't wait to hear the answer. But if we thought about what that would look like, then you guys would probably be motivated to do it if it meant you could, might be able to buy a car or, um, have some money that might go towards a, an amazing holiday with your friends when you're over 18, Never, not before that, um, or something like that. It could be anything. And so you would be motivated to think, yeah, I might actually do that. So who thinks that might be a good thing to do? Possibly, yeah? A couple of people. So I start every year with the very, very best of intentions. And I think about what my year is going to look like, but most of my good intentions never make it past seed stage. Anybody else with me? Yep. I know there's heaps. Um, in order for a good intention to take, take root and become an, more than an intention, it requires an action, like I said before. And it requires a desire to become something more than a good idea. If we ask ourselves a what if that is intended to transform us, then we need to move on it and not just leave it in the imagination station. So my what if question for us today that I want us to think about is this. What if we had a soundtrack of discipleship playing in our heads all year? What if discipleship was the soundtrack that played in our heads all year? for 2024, how would that benefit you and the people around you by the end of this year? I have labored over this message and this is the thing that just kept coming up. What if discipleship was your soundtrack for 2024? Now, we're all probably thinking, I know Jesus, most of us in this room, most of us online. I know Jesus, I'm a disciple. Tick, done. But I also know that as disciples, we don't always have everything submitted to God. We don't always, we might have really good intentions about doing it, but we might keep coming back to that same worry or that same stress or this particular area of our life that we find really hard to bring under the lordship of Jesus, it's just too hard and we just let, let it go. So there's always gonna be something in our lives, a way that we can be transformed to be more and more like Jesus, right? And so that is what I'm talking about today. What does it even mean? What does it look like for us to have discipleship as our number one priority for 2024? 
And I found it initially easier to work out what it doesn't mean. So it doesn't mean neglecting our family. My family breathes a sigh of relief. It doesn't mean quitting work. Sorry, guys, you have to stay at work. It doesn't mean neglecting other areas, such as our soul and body. It doesn't mean no rest. Discipleship, discipleship, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. No, no, it doesn't mean no rest. It doesn't mean having no fun and no adventure. Discipleship can also be fun too. But it doesn't mean any of that, which is a relief, right? But what does it mean? And the resounding idea that echoed in my heart was this. It means submitting all of that and more in our lives to the Lordship of Jesus and choosing to live a life that honours him every day, no matter where we are, no matter what we set our hearts, minds and hands to. And if we did that, what would it look like in 12 months' time? Even one week, even one month, what would that look like for us? Now, I'm not talking about going weird. I don't want you to be thinking, oh, I've got to submit what I'm going to have for breakfast to Jesus now. That's not what we're talking about. Although maybe I should have breakfast, that would help. Then I wouldn't have a hash brown at 9.05 or whatever it was this morning. But I'm not talking about that. But the Bible is full of wonderful passages of Scripture about being a disciple. And we're in Psalms for this series, so I'm just going to plant myself right at the beginning in Psalm 1. How does that sound? To shed some light on an answer to the question, what if we had a soundtrack of discipleship playing in our heads all year? So I'm going to pray. God, I thank you that you love your word, Lord, and you have set this word for us, Lord God, this morning. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will just move, that you will help us to grab a hold of that one thing that you want to see transformed and changed in our life today and over this next 12 months. And Lord God, I pray that you would just pour out out your blessing on every person. I pray that we would be able to put aside distraction, Lord God, that we would be able to just submit ourselves to you and hear what it is that you wanna say. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so let's read this psalm, okay? Let's do it. Psalm one, it says this, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. This whole psalm gives insight into what it means to be a disciple, into what, it, what happens when we choose to commit our time, our life, our ways completely to God. And also shows the outcome for those who don't choose to do that. So to begin with, what does it actually mean to be a disciple? And if we head to Matthew, which is a great place to go, Matthew 16, 24 and 25 says this, then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. There is an all or nothing approach to discipleship. 
It's the thing we signed up to when we said, yes, Jesus. It's the thing that we said, yep, I'm gonna do that. We said yes to the ways of Jesus and no to the ways of the world, no to the fleshly desires. And we don't always get it perfect all at once. That's okay, we're on a journey. And it might feel a little bit overwhelming when we think about it like that. To deny ourselves, follow Jesus. But that's what it means to be a disciple. And in his beautiful grace, God walks us through that process, step by step. Not expecting us to have it all done all at once, but just little bit by little bit, chipping away, becoming more and more like him. That is the journey that we're on with God. And there is a giving over of the old things we once lived for, who in return, we give those back to God, and in return, he gives us new hope. He gives us new direction, new purpose, and an incredible desire to see the kingdom of God come to fruition on earth, right? That's what he wants us to, to be walking with him to do. So at its very basic form, discipleship is living for God. It's learning through the example we're given in Scripture to submit our lives to Jesus and live according to the principles and teachings that he gives us. So let's look at Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but who delight, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. We start to develop this picture of what a life dedicated to discipleship might look like. As people who walk with discipleship as our soundtrack in 2024, we will know the blessing of the Lord. Blessed is the one, right at the very beginning, at the very top of that psalm. We are blessed by choosing to walk in step with God and his word rather than people who are not in alignment with God, not in alignment with his word. So it doesn't matter that we, it doesn't mean, sorry, that we never interact with somebody who doesn't know God's word or who isn't a believer. It doesn't mean that at all. Jesus ate with sinners. Like he went into the world to bring them the good news. Of course, we're gonna be doing that. We're called to go and show the love of God to all of those people. Um, and you can read about that in Matthew if you'd like. The idea is that we don't allow the influence of people with conflicting values to shape who we are and what we believe. Like, I love my pre-believing friends and family. I love them. And I'm absolutely gonna pursue my relationship with them. Totally. But I'm not gonna compromise my walk with Jesus to fit in with what they're doing if it doesn't align with what God's word says we should be doing. The next thing that this part of the scripture says is being a disciple uh, is that we delight in the law of the Lord. We love the word of God and all the life it brings, uh, brings to us, but, those who do, oh, sorry, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his Lord day and night. So what does that look like? It looks like a commitment to the word of God. If we want the soundtrack of discipleship to be in our lives for this year, it means choosing to go after God's word, to pursue God's word, to have it written on our hearts to meditate on it day and night, to know God's word. It might be, like, I'm not saying that you should all do the Bible shred in 30 days. Like, for some of you, that might be exactly what you need. That's what you wanna do. Great. For some of you, it might just be picking up the word of God every day and reading one verse. It might be meditating on that one verse for a whole month 
and allowing God to speak to you through that, but it is getting the Word of God on the inside of us, allowing it to become who we are, letting it guide us and lead us into a place with, of transformation with God. That's what getting the Word of God in our hearts is about. When we do that, we can then start to think about what is it that I'm doing that is contradicting this word? Am I doing something in my life and the Holy Spirit will guide you to that place if it's the case? What am I doing in my life that maybe isn't quite in alignment with God in that? Am I doing something that needs to change and he'll give you tools and guidance about what to do and how to change that? So it looks different for all of us, but having that Word of God, delighting in the Word of God, how beautiful. Oh, so good. Maybe it's doing a devotion. We have a devotion coming out in February, which you're all going to love. Can't wait to share that with you. Get ready for that on YouVersion. But YouVersion is a great place to start. Grab a devotion. Start reading the Word of God. John 8, 31 to 32 says, To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amazing. Another version says, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. It's living in the word. It's reading, listening, soaking, trusting, studying, understanding, and allowing it to rise up in your every day and what you're doing. And we're blessed when we pursue this, when we say yes to Jesus and no to the other stuff. Thank goodness for God's grace because we're not gonna get it right all the time. That's okay. That's what his grace is for. But if we wanna have the soundtrack of discipleship, it is a key element to our lives. We must have the word of God written on our heart. Not only this, if we keep reading through Psalm 1, We are not only blessed when we delight in the Word of God and walking in alignment, but that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. I love this part of the psalm because it's such a beautiful picture of who we are as God's people when we commit our lives to Him. We are people who are planted. What does it mean to be planted? We are firm, we are strong. We do not get shaken when the storms of life come around us. We are set and we are committed to what it is that God is doing in our lives. Amazing. And I love that idea of being planted by the stream where we're constantly nourished and fueled. Like there is an ongoing nourishment that occurs as we continue to live our lives in a way that God has asked and has has, um, designed for us to be living. And so as we do that, the Word of God brings us sustenance. It provides us with all that we need to be able to flourish as His children, as His people. And when we choose to commit ourselves to God's Word, we are setting ourselves up for refreshing, for growth, stability, and that continued blessing. And just stop for a second. Imagine that at the end of a year, if we committed ourselves to the Word, committed ourselves to be planted and to be stable and to be firm and to be strong, imagine how that would feel at the end of 12 months. That would feel amazing. That person who delights in the Word and walks with God and it causes us to be fruitful. And everybody wants to be fruitful. We wanna produce good fruit. 
We want to be productive. That is what we're designed to do in whatever space. We want to be productive. And when we do this, it is everlasting fruit. It is fruit that we are just amazed by and some fruit that we might even not know about until we get to heaven. But we will be fruitful as we allow ourselves to be consumed by the Word of God, to be committed to Jesus, to walk with Him. And we can try and do it by ourselves, but I'm telling you, the fruit that is produced when we are walking in step with God, so much better. So much better fruit. Much more tasty, much more lasting, all of those things, much more satisfying. We want to be successful, and that's a blessing from the Lord. And this is how we do it, by remaining submitted to Him, by remaining deeply embedded in the Word of God. I have got a motor because we are very far through. I did too many what-ifs at the beginning. I got lost. But the thing about Jesus and the example that He sets us is that he was fruitful because he did everything that God had asked him to do. He did the exact thing that God wanted him to do. He was set on this earth for a plan and a purpose and he fulfilled that. And that fruit was incredible. And if we can take an example from him and do exactly what we're designed to do, our conversations, our actions, our work, our family, all of those things, If we can do what God has set for us to do, then we too will have incredible success and incredible fruitfulness in our lives. Because this Psalm also says, whatever they do prospers. We're not talking, I'm not talking about, you know, we're gonna have a bank full of money, account full of money, whatever. That's not what that is all about. It is about actually choosing to usher in the Kingdom of God and to prosper in everything we put our hand to because we have the blessing of the Lord, because we are doing what God has asked us to do. That's where the prosperity comes. And the more that we pursue the soundtrack of discipleship in our lives, the more successful we're gonna be. The more we're gonna thrive. And that idea of success being thriving, flourishing, growing, developing, that sounds good, right? You know, there's been so many times in my life where I felt like I've been in a slipstream with God and I've just felt the Holy Spirit on me. And they're the times where I feel the most successful. They're the times where I feel like it's been the most fruitful because I know that God is talking to me. And that's what we're talking about today. If we chose to put discipleship first in 2024, what if we did that? What would that look like in our business? What would that look like in our family? What would that look like in our thought life? How would that feel? We're planted by the stream and we're flourishing. The very last part, verse six, says, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. And to be a disciple is to know the incredible sense that God is with us through everything, watching over us, loving us, guiding us, directing us, pouring out His Spirit on us, speaking to us. He's our refuge, He's our strength, He's our peace. He's all of these things and He brings that in that space as we continue to walk in alignment with Him. I will ask you the question again. 
What if the soundtrack of your life was discipleship in 2024? I'm not naive to think that we can change everything in an instant, but what is that one thing? What is that one thing that God is asking you to resubmit to Him today? Maybe it is just a complete resubmission of your life to Him today. A saying yes to the discipleship journey, a saying yes to putting Him number one instead of all the other things maybe that have just gotten in the way. Maybe it is that that you want to do this year, but maybe there's one area that's coming to mind that you have been convicted on. Maybe it is the Word of God and you know that God's been challenging you to get back into the Word, to start reading, to pick up the Bible and to read a verse of of Scripture every day. Maybe that is it. What is God directing you to? What is the challenge that He is setting for you so that as you get to the end of 2024, you can look back and see the benefit of committing that part of your life to Jesus? And then that will set you up for the next thing that God helps you and wants you to do. It's like an ongoing discipleship journey. For the rest of our lives, this is what we're gonna be doing. And sometimes we can just get lost in life. Sometimes we can just go about life and forget that we are disciples of Jesus or we just do the same old thing that we've always been doing because that's worked. And you know, I get up in the morning and I do my devotion and I do this and I pray with the kids before they go to bed and I think about God through the day and I pray and I might read a Christian book every now and again. And you know, you might just go on and on and on doing the same thing. But what I'm asking you this morning is what if there was something else in your discipleship journey that God has been challenging you on, that God has been driving you towards, that God has been asking you to set your sights on so that you don't just do the same old, same old, so that you actually are transformed and continue to be closer to Jesus, more like Jesus, doing the things that Jesus has called us to. Maybe the thing that He wants you to do is submit yourself to the Holy Spirit, to be able to move in the Spirit today, to be able to pray for people and see them healed or to bring a prophetic word. Maybe that's what He's been challenging you on. What is it? Where is the discipleship part of your life that needs to be resubmitted to Him today? And that's what I want you to focus on. What is God saying to you about your discipleship, your personal discipleship in 2024? What's that gonna look like? I'm just gonna read to you this same Psalm, but I'm gonna read it from the Passion Translation. As you start to contemplate that, it says this, What delight comes to those who follow God's ways? They won't walk in step with the wicked, nor share the sinner's way, nor sit in the circle of scoffers. Their pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am, meditating day and night in His true revelation of light. They'll be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of their lives. They're never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous. But how different are the wicked? All they are is dust in the wind, driven away to destruction. The wicked will not endure the day of judgment for God will not defend them. Nothing they do will succeed or endure for long. For they have no part with those who walk in truth. But how different is it for the lovers of God? The Lord watches over them as they move forward, while the paths of the godless lead only to doom. 
You know, this is totally one of those messages that you can listen to and be like, that was nice. But I'm not going to think about it again. You could do that. But I really believe that there is a year of transformation that God wants to do. There is a year of growing us as His disciples that He wants to do throughout our whole church, not just for one or two, but for every person here. Imagine what it could look like. Yep, change can be hard. Yep, it can feel difficult. Yep, it might require discipline and action on our part, all of those things. But the resulting outcome is going to be an incredible one. There will be so much fruit. There will be new people walking in to these, into this church needing to know Jesus. And there'll be like a lineup of people wanting to tell them about Jesus because that's what we're in. We are in the Word of God. We are in that zone of knowing and loving and walking with Jesus, hearing the Holy Spirit and moving on it. I don't wanna be the same person in 12 months time. I like who I am, don't get me wrong, but I wanna be more like Jesus. I wanna be challenged, I wanna be stretched, I want to be grown. And yep, yep, it can feel hard. But I want to be a different person. I want to be kinder. I want to be more generous. All of those things for us to live the life and to see the results of what living Jesus, living with Jesus looks like means that we need to take action on these good intentions that we have at the beginning of this year. What if we chose to action that one area of discipleship? What would that look like? How would that enhance our growth? How would that enhance our spiritual life? You know, maybe you're here today and you don't even know what it means to, to have a relationship with Jesus. And you need to ask this question, what if you said yes today? What if you said yes to a life with Jesus? I don't know every person in this room. And I don't know where you are at with your relationship with God. But I do know that there is a God who loves you beyond anything you could ever imagine and who wants to be in relationship with you, who wants to walk with you on this discipleship journey, who wants to be with you through the ups and through the downs. That is the God that I know. That is the God who changed my life. That is the God who wants to do this discipleship with you and walk with you. And so if that is you here this morning, we're gonna just, in a minute, we're all gonna stand and there'll be a space down the front. I would love to talk to you about just taking that next step just all you need to do is come down and meet me at the front here. People will be standing and worshipping, so it won't be embarrassing. I'll be down here and we can just chat about what is it that God is talking to you about. You want to say yes. And I'm going to help you to make that decision and help you to know what that means and what that's going to look like for you. I would love to talk to you this morning. It is the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life and you will not regret that decision. For everyone else, why don't we just stand this morning? You know, last week, Pastor Simo challenged us to boldly speak out and journal what it is that we wanna see in 2024, to find your soundtrack for 2024. And this goes really nicely with that. I would love you today to do that same thing, but I want you to ask a what if question. And as you write that what if question, I want you to write alongside it a scripture that goes with that what if question. What if, what 
if I chose to, whatever it is that God is talking to you about, whatever it is about your spiritual life, and maybe God's talking to you about more than that, but what if you chose to submit that all afresh to Jesus today? What would that do for your heart? What would that do for your family? What would that do for your mind? And I would love for you to journal that and try to picture what that's gonna look like at the end and then the steps that you need to take to move towards that end result.